Letters 7 to 10 of The Power of Sympathy or The Triumph of Nature Founded in Truth by William Hill Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Letter 7 Mrs. Holmes to Miss Harrington, Bellevue although my attachment to bellevue is not so romantic as your airy pen has described it i think its quiet and amusements infinitely preferable to the bustle and parade with which you are surrounded the improvements made here by my late husband who inherited the virtues of his parents who still protect me and endeavour to console the anguish of his loss by the most tender affection have rendered the charms of Bellevue superior, in my estimation, to every gilded scene of the gay world. It is almost vanity to pretend to give you a description of the beauty of the prospect, the grandeur of the river that rolls through the meadow in front of the house, or any eulogium of rural elegance, because these scenes are common to most places in the country nature is everywhere liberal in dispersing her beauties and her variety and i pity those who look round and declare they see neither a great proportion of our happiness depends on our own choice it offers itself to our taste but it is the heart that gives it relish what at one time for instance we think to be humour is at another disgustful or insipid so unless we carry our appetite with us to the treat we shall vainly wish to make ourselves happy were i in a desert says sterne i would find wherewith in it to call forth my affections if i could do no better i would fasten them on some sweet myrtle or seek some melancholy cypress to connect myself to i would court their shade and greet them kindly for their protection if their leaves withered i would teach myself to mourn and when they rejoiced i would rejoice along with them i believe you could hardly find the way to the summer-house where we have enjoyed many happy hours together and which you used to call the temple of apollo it is now more elegantly furnished than it formerly was and is enriched with a considerable addition to the library and music in front of the avenue that leads to this place is a figure of content pointing with one hand to the temple and with the other to an invitation executed in such an antique style that you would think it done either by the ancient inhabitants of the country or by the hand of a fairy she is very particular in the characters she invites but those whom she invites she heartily welcomes rural inscription come ye who loathe the horrid crest who hate the fiery front of mars who scorn the mean the sordid breast who fly ambitions guilty cares ye who are blessed with peaceful souls rest here enjoy the pleasures round here fairies quaff their acorn bowls and lightly print the mazy ground thrice welcome to this humble scene to ye alone such scenes belong peace smiles upon the fragrant green and here the woodland sisters throng 
and fair contentment's pleasing train whilst in the heaven the stars advance with many a maid and many a swain lead up the jocund rural dance thrice welcome to our calm retreat where innocency oft hath strove with violet blue and woodbine sweet to form the votive wreath to love oh pardon then our cautious pride caution a virtue rare i ween for evils with the great abide which dwell not in our sylvan scene these are the scenes to which i have chosen to retreat contented with the suffrage of the virtuous and the good and inattentive to the contemptuous sneer of the giddy and the futile for even these have the vanity to look with pity on those who voluntarily remove from whatever agrees with their ideas of pleasure he who has no conception of the beauties of the mind will condemn a person awkward or ill-favoured and one whose store of enjoyment is drawn from affluence and abundance will be astonished at the conduct of him who finds cause to rejoice though surrounded with inconvenience and penury hence we judge of the happiness of others by the standard of our own conduct and prejudices from this misjudging race i retire without a sigh to mingle in their amusements nor yet disgusted at whatever is thought of sufficient consequence to engage their pursuits i fly from the tumult of the town from scenes of boisterous pleasures and riot to those of quietness and peace where every breeze breathes health and every sound is the echo of tranquillity on this subject i give my sentiments to you with freedom from a conviction that i bear the world no spleen at the same time with a degree of deference to the judgment of others from a conviction that i may be a little prejudiced i hope to be with you soon in the meantime continue to write eliza holmes letter eight worthy to harrington new york i applaud your change of sentiment harriet is a good girl and your conduct is extremely praiseworthy and honorable. It is what her virtues incontestably merit. But I advise you, certainly, to gain your father's approbation before you proceed so far as to be unable to return. A contrary step might terminate in the utter ruin of you both. Direct to me at Bellevue, where I intend to stop there in my return to Boston. Letter 9 Harrington to Worthy, Boston. I have had a conversation with my father on the subject of early marriages, but to no purpose. I will not be certain whether he understood my drift, but all his arguments are applicable to my situation. One must be an adept to argue with him, and interested as he thinks himself in the result of the debate. He cannot be prevailed upon to relinquish his settled opinion. I am too much chagrined to write to you even the heads of our conversation. I now stand upon my old ground. Adieu. Letter 10. Worthy to Myra. Bellevue. I am very happy at present, enjoying the sweets of Bellevue with our excellent friend Mrs. Holmes. To dwell in this delightful retreat 
and to be blessed with the conversation of this amiable woman cannot be called solitude. The charms of nature are here beheld in the most luxuriant variety. It is here, diversified with beautiful prospect, the late Mr. Holmes planned his garden. It is elegant, but simple. My time glides off my hands most happily. I am sometimes indulging my solitary reflections in contemplating the sublimity of the scenes around me, and sometimes in conversation with Eliza and the old people. The old gentleman is a man of the most benevolent heart. He continues to preach, is assiduous in the duties of his profession, and is the love and admiration of his flock. He prescribes for the health of the body as well as that of the soul, and settles all the little disputes of his parish. They are contented with his judgment, and he is at once their parson, their lawyer, and their physician. I often read in the little building that was finished by his son. He was a man of an excellent taste, and I have paid my tribute to his memory. It is the same place that you used to admire, and perhaps I improve more of my time in it on that very account. Adieu. End of letter 7 to 10